0: All right. If you, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go get going here, guys. And uh, and uh, I know I know some people are cramming with tests and stuff for spring break. Uh, some people may stagger in here, but but uh, we're gonna get going. We've got a lot to cover, and uh, we don't to give you guys some time, to take some breaks, and just some time to hang out as well as all well this. Well well well. So um, let let us pray. Dylan, pray for our time. We'll get going here. God, thank you that uh, we can gather together here. We just pray that you would um, help us to be focused um, and uh, to learn tonight uh, how to reach this campus best. God, and pray that you give Nate wisdom as he speaks to us, and that we have a great time in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All right. And again, if you haven't caught the, uh, the science sheet, go ahead and uh, make sure you grab that here soon. Okay. So, LTC is going to kind of go through two phases. I know last week we just had this time together at my place so we were just kind of hanging out with everybody. Was that kind of fun? Yeah. You guys like that? Yeah. It was kind of cool. Yeah. I had all the leaders there. Man. But uh, what we're going to be doing for the rest of the semester is basically having two hours Sunday nights. We're going to be in this room for the rest of the semester. So now you kind of know where to go. Uh, the first hour is going to be a little more, uh, it's going to be a little bit longer. Of, of a teaching, but we'll, we'll do like 50 minutes or so to give you a break. Uh, then you're going to have some cohort time. We're going to have the rest of the staff, most of the staff are coming uh, here in the next hour. And we're going to have a little time where you're just going to get to talk through. We're going to break you guys up into cohorts. and You guys are going to have some time to talk through uh, just your practical. And when you are done uh, with that, we'll, have, we'll just do that for a little while and then we'll kind of have like a, a mini uh, teaching for the second half. Yeah, so try to kind of mix it up a little bit, keep it active. Uh, this is this is a little more of the longer uh, teaching part. Of this first hour. I mean, kind of okay. So last week, actually before I get into that, somebody turned to Matthew 28, 18. So why be a small group leader? Why be a small group leader? Um, Somebody reads Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So why should you be a small group leader? Because Jesus commanded it. We'll kind of get into like small group, what that means. But Jesus commands us to make disciples. And the the emphasis isn't on go. The emphasis is on make. In that passage, the emphasis is, hey, you need to make disciples. You need to get the word out. You need to transform people's lives. We understand we don't transform people's lives. What God does is we step out in that way. So we need to do this because this is a command of God. Everybody's always like, God, what is your will for my life? Are you being faithful to the will that God has already told you? That's a good question because God will direct you more as you're faithful to what you already know. So look at his word. What is he saying? You guys are here because you're learning to take on that challenge in your faith. When I went to college, I was I joined the largest fraternity on my university. I joined the football team. I was like super active on my campus, uh, part of the alumni association, a bunch of other random stuff. And uh, I realized getting involved in my university watching all my friends uh, live out their life and realize that for the vast majority of them, myself growing up kind of in a Christian world, uh, the vast majority of my friends did not not know who Jesus was and what was going on with the whole God conversation. And really, I was their best hope of knowing that word. Paul says, how blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. Because when someone goes, God is able to work through them in a powerful way. And we see lives transformed. That's what you're being challenged to do. And the Outpost is here just to simply help with that. Last week, we kind of looked at kind of the big picture. You know, the la- this last week, uh, the start of this week, we're really kind of looking at a little bit of the big picture. We're going to get into more of the nuance. How do we functionally, practically do this? Uh, we're going to get into all kinds of stuff about, about just real, tangible, as practical as we can get about how do you do this on a university? In this context, how do we make disciples uh, on the campus? But we want to start with some of these kind of bigger picture things. So last week we basically just tried to answer the question: what is the outpost? Why do we exist? And we're here to make disciple makers. We are here to help you reach your potential of, of impact on this campus for the kingdom of God, making disciples. And that is what our job is is as ministers ourselves, trying to really just help empower you, equip you, tear the things out of your life, like the fear and trepidation and the uncertainty and the confusion of how do I do this, so that you can reach that potential of what God has in store for you to do in this, in this world and on this campus. So our big picture way in that, and that really ultimately brings us to this idea of what what we're trying to get you to do is invite people into the family. You're, learning how to fight, so you're learning how to be a warrior for God, but you're learning how to fight for people and ultimately bring them into our family. So we kind of talk about like our three core values, right, brotherhood, sisterhood, on our personal walk with God, those are those are family concepts. You're in LTC because you're learning how to take on that third value of responsibility to, to go and do that for others. And so we kind of talk you through that, yeah, okay, that's, that's the outpost agenda. Today, we're wanting to kind of look at, okay, a little bit more zoomed in. What does that actually mean? What does it mean to make a disciple? And what does that look like? If we're inviting people into this family, what is, what, when Jesus says, go make disciples, is he talking about? So we're going to kind of go into that and dive into that for a little bit. Um, if you're trying to be a disciple maker, it's probably good to understand what is it that you're trained to try to. So, somebody, anybody, want to answer? What do you think a disciple is? There's a a lot of ways you probably could try to like, you know, explain that. But but give me some feedback. What is a disciple? Bueller. Bueller. anybody. Follow Jesus. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's a key part of it, of course, right? you got to teach these people how to follow Jesus. And ultimately, that really is the, the quintessential answer. Uh, Jesus is the rabbi. It's interesting that Jesus never called us to be rabbis. He did call us to make disciples because he is the rabbi. And uh, we're calling people to follow him. That's good. Any other ways of breaking that down? Say like a role model? Yeah, role model. Yeah. That's a great example. You know, Paul says that Timothy, right? He says, follow me as I follow the rabbi, right? I'm a little bit further ahead, I'm a little further along, I, I know some things that maybe you can learn from, just follow me as I follow Christ. So, you know, that role model is huge. Um, anything else? Impactful relationship. Yeah, impactful relationship. Great, good. Yeah, all of, all of those are true, all those are good. That's um, your Bible. Fully left my home. Um, that's, that's bad nates, left my sword at home. Can you believe it? Um, in John chapter 17, and my staff have heard me kind of talk about this. Uh, oh man, it's strange So books on the bottom. Okay, we're gonna for that. Okay. Um, in John chapter 17, you know, people always say, What's your life first? I'm like, I don't know, it's called the Bible. All of it, whatever, I don't know. It's like you know, what but but there's been one chapter in particular that lately has just been stirring me. And I think when it, you know, sometimes you get stirred by things. And when you try to explain it to everyone else, they're kind of like, yeah, I get that. I know that. And I'm like, no, but you don't you realize how crazy this is. Like, you know, you have these things that are just stirring in your heart. This is one of those things for me in this season of my life is John chapter 17. In John chapter 17, Jesus is praying to these religion, or praying for his disciples. And in verse 6, he prays for his disciples. Then, um, in verse 20, and this is where it really gets fascinating to me, Jesus says, I do not pray for these alone, talking about his disciples, his soldiers, but also for those who will believe in me through their work, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me the glory which you have you gave me i give to them that they may be one just as we are one okay if that doesn't blow your mind you're not paying attention god here's here's thing. god is a trinity right i always hated that i always wished god wasn't a trinity I always thought like, man, it'd just be so much easier for me, theologically, if I could just not have to deal with that issue. It's so tricky and kind of, you know, it's like an egg, but not an egg. It's like water, but not really. It's, you know, how do I explain the Trinity? Here's the thing. This is why the Trinity is so critical. In fact, it is the quintessential. When we talk about small group leading, the Trinity is what we are basing everything upon. This is why. Because if you actually, I was reading this book about Islam recently. And they made this reference. He said, you know, the problem with that we're having an info. this is a, a former Muslim. He's talking about his former faith and about how he came to the Lord and all that stuff. But he said, you know, the problem is, is God is not relational. Because all of theology, not to get into all this, but theology basically says morality, existence, reality, all eventually stems backwards from the nature and the essence of God himself. And if you are God all-powerful, all-knowing, all-everything, and, and there is nothing. There are angels, there are you know, matter, there is energy, there is nothing. All that comes out of re- into reality is from you, out of your essence. So, when, when the God of, say, the, the Muslim God creates all things, you have to say one of two things. Either he is making creation, he is making relationships, a relational existence, out of a need that he has I'm a relational God, and I'm lonely, right? Which actually doesn't even make sense because where would the essence of, of that desire even come from if it wasn't already being fulfilled within the Godhead? That's so. So either He has this deep desire, or, or He's just not relational, which is actually the answer, and, and, and Islam, and all that. But but it's actually the answer. He, he's just not relational. So when we come to Christianity, we actually have this justification for relationship that God is Himself relational. But that is such a such a new nuanced concept. When we say relational, I mean I've got like 3,000 Facebook friends, you know, I'm in a relationship with, I'm in a relationship with, you know, the lady that cuts my hair or, you know, I mean, like what are we talking about when we say relationship? And the closer we get to the Trinity, the more true we're getting to what God is talking about. When Jesus says, I want you to be one the way that Father, you and I are one. He is literally saying, this is the goal. You guys, right here, around that table, you are the Trinity. And I want you to have that kind of intimacy and that kind of connection and that kind of love and self-sacrifice. I want you to express the Trinity that way. That's your goal. That's your standard for relationship. right? That is, that is the focus of what relationship is, is is the Trinity. And then he says something, which just blows my mind. But then he says, and may you be in, talking about the followers, he says, may they be in us, talking about Jesus' relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. May they, talking about us, be in us, talking about him, right? Very confusing. But may they be in us as as we are in each other. So then he says this thing that's just, he says, may they be invited into that community. May they be invited into that intimacy. May they be invited into that love relationship. The way, in the way that we have a relationship with one another. Does that just blow your mind? I don't know. That blows my mind. I am still, I'll spend eternity trying to figure that out. But it does teach us a few things. I'm getting way ahead of myself. But it teaches us some things about how we have to invite people into something. Right, and we're not trying to ask you like give up your friends. You know, there, there is a, a hierarchy of priority that starts to kind of shift. As you know, when I became a parent, um, my kids needed more time. The quantity of time was there, but I still need quality time with my wife. And and you need to have quality time with the brothers and sisters that are around here in your small groups or wherever they are. You need to keep that community healthy because you're inviting people into, into this flow. Into you know, the, the, some of the ancient authors, early Christian writers called it the divine dance. The divine dance of God. And we, you're inviting people into this divine dance with the community of God. And so and so, you need to have that. Because my sons need to see, you know, sometimes Lindsay and I need to have time just with us. It just needs, we just need that focused time. But a lot of times, if that was all that our kids see is time... Where we're just focused on them, they're not going to grow up to be healthy adults. They need to see the love of my wife and I expressed before them, in front of them. And and just to see it. And then they need to actually be invited into that. Where they're being part of it. They're being part of that relationship. Dick Foe tells this story when he was a parent early on and, and he just kind of grabs his wife in the kitchen and just kind of holds on. You know, he's not trying to be anything romantic. He's just trying to be loving, right? They're just kind of standing there. And all of a sudden, they start to feel all these little hands around their legs, right? Because all the little kids want to come up and now get the parents, you know, the adults, the the giants are are doing something, and they want to be in the middle of it, right? There's something attractive about that kind of of relationship. And, you know, I always say community, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is the most powerful tool God has given us. And so we need to be healthy with each other. We need to be strong in our community. We can invite others into that community, into that flow, into that divine dance. Okay, um, yeah. The core of discipleship. So here's here's the thing. In John 17, Jesus is talking about how we have now gotten. He's basically telling them, "This is the ambition. Everything that I have done up until this moment, and and is about trying to build up this." Moment where this is now going to be a reality. That kind of separation from God was it possibly before. Now they can be invited into this because of what I'm about to do. he's about to go on the cross, right? And so everything about His life is a culmination in this like high prayer. And this high prayer is He is saying this is this is the quintessential goal. You know the greatest commandment: love God, love your neighbor. Same thing. What is love? Love is simply. The articulation, encapsulation of of the essence of the divine relationship with the Trinity has within itself most perfectly expressed, right? Most self-sacrificing, most you know. you read you know First Corinthians, uh, you know, thirteen, and go through you know what is love, you know. But but that is that is all about that goal, okay? So when we talk about making disciples, what are we saying? We're inviting people. We are taking the responsibility to invite people into this. Into this flow, into this relationship, by inviting them into a relationship with us. You be one, we are one. Inviting them into this relationship with us. I'm not talking about like playing video games till 3 in the morning, although sometimes that can be a place for that, right? I'm not talking about just being stupid and talking about girls and sports all the time. Although there's a place for that in them. But it's about something greater. It's like our life. You know, friendship, C.S. Lewis says this friendship can be about anything, friendship can be about anything. Maybe about an affinity for white mice. I don't know why C.S. Lewis that where that came from know, out of know, thin air. But like white mice. Okay, yeah, sure. He actually has a couple references of mice in his book. I don't know what was going on there. He had an affinity for mice. But he but he says it can be about anything. But when we talk about brotherhood, when we talk about kingdom relationships, which are really, we're trying to just put language to this idea of, of triune community, the kind of relationship God has within himself. When, when we use that word, we're basically saying when nothing not just anything, but when the thing your life is about is in sync with someone else, and you look at that other person standing next to you, and you say, you know what, this is what my life is about, and that's what your life is about, and I'm not sure that I can do this alone, but would you come alongside of me, and maybe we can do this together. When that kind of Synergy happens. That was like my word from last semester. When that kind of unity starts to happen, that's what we're talking about when we say brother or sister. That kind of community and common purpose within our life. All right. Um, I got okay. Page one. We only got eleven more to go. Okay. Um, awesome. <laughs> no, we're gonna. Some of these are going to fly through this. Um, all right. So Jesus' method. Jesus' method of world conquest is relationship, and that kind of relationship that most perfectly mimics the Trinity as its source, as its expression. Um, Relationships that are striving after God and one another. So, what what is small group? Small group is a community of disciples around you who are leaning on each other in the pursuit of Christ. Small group is a community of disciples around you who are leaning on each other in the pursuit of Christ. Small group is living out Matthew 28 at CSU. Small group leaders, you are the target. You are the target, making you a minister who pushes who pushes people into kingdom relations throughout their lives, pushing people into that kingdom flow, into that kingdom relationship. Your job is to take responsibility to invite people into discipleship, to push them into that place where they are drawing closer to God and closer to you. But the goal is not, and we'll get into that, but the goal is not the weekly meeting. The goal is not structures. Structures serve the goal. The goal does not serve the structures. The goal, if your target is your weekly meeting, you've missed the goal. If, you, if your goal is to get a group of people around for once a week so you can do a Bible study, you have missed the goal. The goal is your life. Small group is your life. Small group is, you know, Jesus didn't say, okay, I've got this class on Tuesdays that I teach at three. If you get to the synagogue, I, you know, we'll have our small group. That wasn't the goal. No, he had intentional time, Right? And we'll get I'm getting ahead of myself. But he had intentional time, right? I mean, he's just like pulling pulling them aside, like, hey, you want you want me to explain anything that just kind of happened here? You know, he's he's pulling them aside, he's being intentional with it. But but his goal is his life. And we create structure to help you with that intentionality. Because so often, if we don't have structure, it's hard to create intentionality. And so structures are there to serve that. But um and the goal is for you to create community around your life in the pursuit of Jesus. So we're going to get into kind of the layers of that here in just a second. Um, all right. For a long time... <laughs> bacon. Bacon. Oh, <yes>. uh, bacon. <laughs> <laughs> what are talking about? Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for your death. So that I can eat bacon. Okay. Um, <laughs> That, I don't know if that's really even true. Is that really even true? That's what Western Christianity thinks, but I'm not even totally sure that's true. Okay. Um, it wasn't good for you back then. It's still not good for you now. Um, okay. So so we used to kind of say, we used, we used to not really define that kind of kingdom-trinity relationship very well. And so you know what would happen? People would just look to anybody that they could just be friends with over white mice. And what happens when you have that as a goal is that you basically have a group of people that you're going to live life fighting for that and, and honestly, it's it takes so much time and energy to try to go there, but Jesus let people walk away. Jesus let people walk away. He let the rich young ruler walk away. He, he said, don't you're, the most valuable thing you have is your time. That's the most valuable thing you have. Eternity starts now. Eternity is your time lived out in is you. You are the most valuable thing. And so, so when you throw, you know, when you live your life, just because anybody will hang out with you, if that's the standard by which you choose to invest and meaning invest, what would happen is because that was the standard. People were just, Hey, this guy likes to play basketball with me. So I'm just going to spend all my energy trying to hang out with this guy who just wants to play basketball. Well, okay. What kind of, what kind of Trinity relationship do you have? well, well talk about Jesus, no, 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 he's not into that yet. How is he going? Is he, is he going around the community? Is he kind of picking up the brotherhood from that? No, he doesn't really like the community. Either. So we started to realize people were just like spending their whole life pour, trying to pour into people when they, when they weren't really even pouring into anyone. And so we started to kind of have just, just some baseline. Um, I'm not saying these are like you know, hard and fast, you know, strictly biblical statements. But these are just kind of the baselines. Okay, when Jesus says, "Don't you know, throw your pearls before swine," when, when he lets people walk away, what are some what are some reasons maybe for that? And so there's there's kind of three things that we say. Hey, this is what you're looking for, because ultimately your target is to have a kingdom relationship, kingdom community around you in your life. And so we kind of say you need three things. You need they need to be okay with you. That. They need to be okay with. need to be okay with you, right? Um, if if they're like, "Hey, you know, I love Jesus, and I don't know about you. You kind of, you're kind uh, of weird. You know, I don't know if I like you yet." You know, if that's, no, that's not okay. You don't try to fight for people if they're not into you. You know, just uh, they need to be at least okay with you. They need to be okay with your community. Doesn't mean they have to watch your community per se. It doesn't mean they have to want that specifically, but they do need to be okay with your community. If it's just you reaching out to people and ministering to people and loving people, it's never gonna work very well because you can't invite them into that community. That's where the power is. It's in, in the interaction between the communities, the interaction between Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit where the power was flowing. It was in that relationship, right? The Adam, It's fascinating because when the atom, you know, the atom is electrons, protons, neutrons, and and it's the power is in the relationship, not in any one of those elements, but in the relationship between the elements within themselves. That's why when you break that relationship, everything goes crazy, right? Right? Big boom, right? And and in the same way, we you need to have, you need to invest your life and find people who are okay with your community. They might not even want. That might have longed for that. But there is something attractive when they start to be invited into the community or when the community starts to pursue them uh, in their world. And and that's that's really important. The other thing, uh, and this is, of course, critical, but your God. They need to be okay with your God. It doesn't mean they have to want your God. We had this guy when I was in Russia, me and Brent, um, Dima he's just kind of our quintessential example of this because he was so stereotypical Russian. He hated Americans. He hated America. He actually laughed about it a year later. He said, if you told me a year ago that my best friend would be an American, I would have laughed in your face. And here you go. So he's just, he just stereotypical Russian. Kind of has a prejudice from the Cold War, all that kind of thing. You know, it's nothing to do with God. God, that's... Old news. That's for old women. Uh, that's that's not for me, right? That's kind of the mindset in Russia. Right? It's very easiest. and so and so he started, but he loves the community. And here's so here's the third thing we say: they need to want one. Dima wanted Brent. He loved Brent. The way that Brent loved him. The way that Brent honored him. The way Brent just you know, love and laughter, we'll get to that in a sec. but love and laughter, it was just, it was so beautiful. Dima, he couldn't get enough hanging out with Brent, and so all of a sudden, he starts hanging out with Brent, and Brent is hanging out with the community. He's hanging out with me, and Lindsay and Lauren, and all, and, and we're all hanging out together, and he's like, there's something really cool in this community. And so now he, he didn't even want the community at first. He was like, oh man, more Americans, really? Like, but he's like, okay, now he gets involved in the community. He's like, I love this. And he really gets involved in the community. And now he's, he's active. But the God thing, here's the thing. He was always okay with God being around. He didn't want God. But when he hung out with us, he knew God was going to come up. He wasn't offended by it. He wasn't annoyed. But he didn't. He was fine. It was fine. He was, he was okay with Jesus being around. We have to be careful that we, in the attempt... To make disciples, don't reject Jesus in the relationship, right? Well, I'm not. I don't bring him up yet. I don't know if we're quite there in the friendship. We're quite there in the friendship. Goodness, this is like your best friend, isn't he? And you're trying to say, hey, you know, if your best friend walked with you up to the door of someone and someone said, no, I don't really like them, but you can come in. Would you leave your best friend at the front door? But so often we. And we do it in good intentions, and we do it, but, but we, we don't let Jesus in the door. And so all of a sudden, D, he comes to this place, he says, you know what, I love your God. Because here's the thing, people love what people love, that they, who they love. Does that make sense? That? If I love Jesus, this guy over here may not love Jesus, but if he falls in love with me, in this friendship that we have, he's going to fall in love with what I love. Values are created this way. Values are so often forged because of what the community values is, is contagious. It, it bleeds in to people's lives. And that's why it's so powerful, both good or bad. Why the you know, college, you know, live the college life. You know, we all know what that means. Why? Because people have been invited into something through community the values that are created through that, So they need to have all three of those. Now, I'm not going to say that's a hard and fast rule. If you've got somebody who you just sense the Lord is just leading you, and and they're like, hey, I love you, and I'm okay talking about Jesus. I want nothing to do with those other people. You know, I mean, let the Lord guide you. I'm not saying this is like an absolute by far, but let me tell you, your life is the most valuable thing you have. Don't waste it trying to pursue people who don't want it. The way people are gonna to learn to want it is by you investing in the people who do now want it and creating that community around that draws other people in. And someday, here's the thing, that one guy, that one small group leader tries to reach out to somebody who doesn't want it, and he spends all of his time and all his energy trying to pursue that person. Guess what, nothing ever happens. I've seen it over and over again. But that one small group leader reaches out to that one guy who does want it, I'm not sure what I'm doing here, but yeah, he does want something, you know this, and, and guess what? This guy up here, also this guy up here, he now he wants in. Because there's something attractive about the power between the relationship of what is happening here. Right? And I I've just experienced that. My guys, they don't love they don't love Jesus until they see the love of Jesus in the community. And so anyway, those are just some rules the print, not rules, but the principles that are, we found really valuable and vital in small group leading. And invest in the ones who really want it. The ones who don't want it will will come to want it by the example of that community. Okay. Um, now, uh, this this isn't hard or fast either, but this kind of helps me. I'm, I'm just kind of a structured guy. I just see things, you like you can give me a graph. I love graphs, I love graphs, they're so cool, they're so good. I, I did two economics classes in college, and one was like uh, all kinds of graphs, the, the macroeconomics, and just, you know, plotting, you know, supply and demand, so I, was, I had so much fun. It was like the greatest semester. The next, next one, we had no graphs, I hated it, it was, it was horrible. But um, if they want, if they don't want you, or they want you, they want your community, they don't want your God. Or you know, maybe say they're okay with you and your community. Um, and they're okay with your God. They want you in your community. They don't, you know, this, this right here, let's just say this. If they want all three, if they want all three, that's, that's, that's your small group. That's your small group. Not if they come to your weekly meeting. That's, that's, that's not the definition of your small group. The, the small group, the weekly meeting, we'll get into that. The weekly meeting is there to help is not the definition of what small group is. The definition is this. They want you, they want your community, they want your God. They want this flow, they want this connection, they want this community. This is your small group. I've had guys where like, you know, there's their semester they were in maybe theater and, and they had a whole semester where they couldn't come because to the weekly meeting because they had like, you know, they were, they were doing stage setup and stuff for their, their program and stuff. Like, they were still in my small group. They were still in the community. They were still here in the community. I was living life with them. We'll get to that. But, but they were here, but they weren't at my weekly meeting. I had guys that were in my weekly meeting that were not in my slaughter, right? They were kind of, they were kind of in my outreach community, right? They're, uh, they were in my weekly meeting and they might be these guys over here too, but and they come, but one guy would like was an atheist and he would just kind of go and he loved the community. And he liked me, but he had one, nothing to do with my God. So he'd just come to the weekly meeting and go to sleep. Right? Just kind of snore over in the corner. And it was really awkward and annoying. But but then he would like wake up and we you know, so we'd have a good time. Well, you know, you got this, you got this outreach community. You're got to create layers. You know what Jesus did? You know what Jesus did? He, he's so smart. If, if we're trying to focus first and foremost on trying to create work on the weekly meeting um, it, it just it doesn't work but you know it's like okay that's that's my goal but if we focus on my life being a minister of the gospel in my world the weekly meeting the structures the flow of, of ministry will just naturally flow out of that so and this is what I mean. If we're gonna, if we try to model Jesus's ministry method as best as we can, we know that his his we can't do it exactly the way he does it. There are kingdom principles that we can learn. Right. So his method of making disciples was to hang out with them twenty four seven for like three years. Right. You probably can't do that. Although in college we actually get the closest that you will ever probably be able to do that method. Like that is probably the closest you'll ever get. So. Um, You understand, we have to kind of adjust things a little bit. But we do understand there's some kingdom principles that we see. And that his method shows us some of those kingdom principles. Well, well, what did Jesus do? Well, he reached out. He was constantly ministering to anyone he could. Meaning what? Meaning he was trying to draw, draw people closer to him and or to his God. Constantly. That was his ambition in every conversation. I call them kingdom connections, right? We go out on campus and I'm trying to get one of my smarter peers to try to learn how to do this and just strike up a conversation about the Lord with somebody. And and then I'm just I'm just probing, I'm just asking questions to them, getting to all that kind of stuff. But then all of a sudden, I realize this guy wants nothing to do with Jesus. So I'm just looking for an opportunity to just like do ministry right then and there. I'm not trying to let it flow naturally over the friendship. The friendship isn't gonna get anywhere because he doesn't actually want to hang out with us after this. So I'm just gonna jump right into like, hey. Can I can I pray for you? Just, you said something about you know, I can't remember what it was, but I but can I pray for you? Uh, yeah, okay. So I pray for him. Why? Because if I can, maybe that will maybe that will get us there. Maybe that will get us. He has no desire, so I'm gonna try to create desire by letting God move. But I'm just. But sometimes it's like man, I just want man, I just want to get to know you. Can we go hang out? Let's have you know, love and laughter is is powerful stuff, and let's let's just have a good time. We need to bring up the Lord quickly, but maybe my focus is primarily trying to draw you close to now. Like Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. Today. We're hanging out. And we're gonna to get to God right now. I just, I just want to honor you. I don't want to I want to be with you, right? So He's always trying to draw people close to Him and to His God, and it's always the ambition. And so He's just constantly doing that. Now, who is He doing that to? Israel, <laughs> the whole nation, whoever will listen, everyone, anyone. That's His goal. Now, within that. We see layers, because under that, we have some people, and we don't really know the full nuance of what was going on with all of the followers of Jesus. But it seems as if what we pick up is, well, we know one thing. He is creating layers of, of priority in his life. He has, he has like, 120 that seems to really be just kind of following him. So he sends them out, because that's a responsibility. But within that, there's another group, like the 70,
1: that maybe are a little more available.
0: We don't know exactly why, but it seems maybe a little more available, so, so um, they go out. And then there's, of course, the 12 that we all know about. And they're the ones that just given up everything. They're like, I'm 24-7, I'm following you. And that's a small group. And then within the small group, there's even actually three that are just like the most seemingly passionate and fierce about following Jesus. And they're not just following Jesus. They're like passionate about following Jesus. And then there's even within the three, there's one that is just, he's just a little radical, you know, he's just a little, he's just a little intense, you know, just calm it down Peter. just calm it down, right, but he is so passionate, because he, what is he passionate about? He's passionate, and he has, you know, they all have kind of these false motives, we see throughout the Gospels, but what, he, what draws them when all the other disciples leave, or all the other followers leave, what what happens, Jesus starts to his twelve. he says, are you going to leave me too, where do they say, who else has the words of life? There is something going on here, and I want in. I don't understand it. It's, it's kind of weirding me out here. You talk about drinking my blood and flesh, and I'll get that. But I, I want in. I want part of this. And the closer people got to wanting that Trinity relationship, the more he prioritized them, the more access they had. And that was the way, it wasn't that there was just one cell. That cell of 12 or 3 or 1 was created because there was a 70 and 120 and the multitudes. He was just constantly ministering to. If you simply try to do the the, the cell without allowing for just ministry into the multitudes, you're going to always go off kilter. You're never going to get to that cell. Because you're always trying to create that without knowing, Jesus was constantly ministering, and as people were desiring to get closer into that dance, he drew them closer to himself, closer to his own, closer into the inner circle. But he let them dictate; it was by their desire. And you need to do that too. You know, if you just try to reach, you know, if you just try to find three people next year and build a small group, it ain't going to happen. If you try to live your life. Because you're compartmentalizing your life. Compartmentalizing your life. This is what I do here. I'm trying to get a few people to do this thing. But if you break that whole compartmentalization and just say, my life is ministry. My life is sharing the gospel or loving people or just being kind to people or drawing people into a relationship with me. And I'm looking for opportunities for kingdom connections, opportunities that draw them in a, in a deep relational way to me or to my God. If my life is that, then I start to find people who uh, come around, start circling around my life, and they get deeper and deeper into that community with me, the community with my God I prioritize them in my life, and to get closer and closer. So Some of them are in the weekly meeting, and some of them are just people that I try to get when we go shooting on Saturday afternoon and hang out and get to see the rest of the community. And Some of them are, you know, some of them want one of them or two or those, but as they get, you constantly trying to push them closer, 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 closer. And it's not structure, it's relationship. Relationship in that sense, in that target, in that ambition, that God is the source. Does that make sense? Okay. Think about this. Think about this. Um, Well, no, hold on, hold on. Uh, uh, You guys with me? You hanging on? I have been teaching for like non-stop today so I hope I'm making sense I may be just, just rambling. rambling okay, um, okay. Um, all right uh, we're gonna go into a couple things here real quick one let's talk about structures there's like there's the ambitions there's the goal there's like the picture okay structures help I love More than I should. I just, I don't know why. Uh, I took a test, actually, recently, one of those personality profiles and stuff. It actually, one of my top things was, like, you love creating structures. I'm like, yes, you're an architect. I love it. Um, um, My wife and I would compete about that, probably. But But, um, we, okay, so let's talk about the structures of the outpost. Here's the thing. Jesus said this thing about hierarchy of priority. He said man is not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for man. What does he mean? He said the Sabbath is important, but it's not important as an end unto itself. It's important as it serves man. So it's important for us to understand kind of a hierarchy of of need, a hierarchy of priority. (laughs) And it's always important to remember, structure helps us, but it is not what you serve. It's what's serving you. The opposite structure is serving you. In your ambition. It's not the end unto itself, it's a means to an end. And the means to the end is what we just talked about for the last 40 minutes. okay? So, so the structure is there, but the structure helps. Because, okay, so that help, that's important to keep in mind. Because again, we can start to departmentalize things. And so the weekly meeting, small group is not a weekly meeting. The small group has a weekly meeting. Why does small group have a weekly meeting? What is small group? A community. Of followers of Jesus. They might not be believers yet. They might just be following Jesus, trying to figure it out. But they're the community of people leaning on each other in the pursuit of Jesus. A community of people leaning on each other in the pursuit of Jesus. That's that's what we're talking about. So, small group does not have, is not a weekly meeting. That, that, that in itself is not that hard. But a small group does have a weekly meeting because it's important. It helps. You know my wife and i we're so busy our lives are so busy we have to schedule time okay this is our time that we're going to just be together and sync up again and reconnect a little bit right the structure helps us we have to set the schedule we have to set an agenda we have to have intentional time so small group is again your life but small group has structure and some of these structures are there to help like a weekly meeting um A small group is not a Bible study. It's not a weekly lesson plan. It may have those things. Those things are important, of course. But, again, you are the Bible that people will read. I love that, is them too. But but, uh, you are the Bible people are going to read. And you need to bring the Bible in. I mean, goodness, you better have the words in your heart because you've been meditating on it and thinking about it. But the point of small group weekly meetings is not so that you can get them to get more information and knowledge and move on with their life. And we'll get to that in the next hour. But it's about getting them to bind their lives to each other in that pursuit of God. together. Okay? One-on-ones are not... Um, a small group is not a bunch of one-on-ones. A one-on-one relationship is good, but you miss the community. I need the community, not just a one-on-one relationship. I don't just need Brent or Jacob or whoever it might be. I need I need us together. I need the interaction of the community with each other. One-on-ones are important. In fact, well we'll get into the structure of it later, but I don't have time for that. But but structure is helpful as it helps us get to that place of binding our lives to each other. And to our God. But it is not the goal. Um, the core attributes of a small group <coughs> Probably the, the, the quintessential core attribute, as I as I see it, of small group community of of creating this brotherhood or sisterhood around my life, is doing life uh, together with purpose. A community of people leaning on each other, leaning on each other in pursuit of Jesus, um, and so. There's there's a number of, of things that when we talk about kind of relational strategies that that these are just categories within uh, our way of thinking about how to do this type of relationship some things that should be there one categorize your life uh, so in the bigger picture of do life oh, this one doesn't work right I'm go do, that. do life together that's kind of the big picture do life because your life is about serving Jesus and so your life is in pursuit of him. So doing life together automatically leads you to Christ, but doing life together, these are, these are just a good attributes or characteristics of of a healthy model of this one. Look at, look at every area of your life. Um, Categorize your life. You, know, you could do like family, uh, rec time, you know, uh, schoolwork, work, girlfriend, whatever, you know, whatever. Categorize your life. Your guys or your gals. I mean, some things, it's like, well, I have a job where I have to work in a cubicle in the back of the building. Like, how do I invite my guys into that? It's like, Okay, well. But for the most part, we want to break down those categories into saying, let people in. Your life. Don't categorize them out here. I'm not doing life, I'm doing ministry. And then this is my life over here. You want, you want, you know, my kids, again, my kids need to see Lindsay and I loving each other. They need to see that. I was just talking to a friend of mine who who is is a minister in in, uh, San Jose State. He said, you know, the thing that changed his life was when he came into Kai Alpha, he was from a different country, he came into Kai Alpha. Um, and realized the community was so powerful because, for him, he saw what it was like for the ministers to live out their life. And it was, and if he had just seen them at large group and one-on-one like meetings or small group meetings, he said it would never have happened. It was because that he went to their house at dinner and kind of hung out. It was because he went with them at breakfast time to hang out. It was because he saw their life in its entirety. And the things that are most powerful sometimes are not this, but it's the time we spend that is just when we're not on. You know, okay, this is our one on one time. It's Tuesday at ten. We're going a coffee at Starbucks. Guess what? I'm on. What are you seeing for me? You're seeing me, you're seeing a part of me that I am trying to you know, I have an agenda, I have a, a you know, I have I'm not just it's not all of me. you you're not seeing how I treat my kids behind doors. You're not seeing how I spend my life. I don't see my devotional life. You're not seeing that. If I don't let you in, it doesn't mean you they have to always be part of it all the time. But but they need to let into your life. Break down the compartmentalization of your life. Categorize your life. And when you start inviting people in, are you inviting them into your whole life? Or just keeping them compartmentalizing your life. Another thing that's just kind of a good way of looking at this is um, we talk about memory creation a lot. Um, this one really kind of bleeds into all kinds of other areas. But memory creation is just this. Nobody wants to live life with somebody that's boring. And nobody wants to live life when they feel bored. They want to make memories. In fact, I was just reading this book by Mark Aderson and Dick Foth again, actually. But they they talk about how powerful memories are. Creating memories. They were kind of talking about raising kids and how important. But it's like the kids live their life, all life with you. But do they have memories? Do they have things that you've done, extravagant things that you've done with them to try to create those memories? Sometimes those are the most powerful things. So as a small group leader, sometimes you're kind of like a social coordinator a little bit. You're just trying, you're just trying to get them to, to spend time with you and with each other, and you're trying to make memories. You're trying to make it last. Jesus was a memorable teacher. So sometimes he would make, you know, don't let small group be boring. We'll get into that later, but, but live life together. And part of that should be memories, making memories. Is this like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, in 10 years, you're going to be like, yeah, I remember this moderate bleeder I had, uh, what do you remember about it? Oh, I don't remember much, right? Or is it going to be like, this was so awesome. I remember just all these memories that we have. Another one is, uh, and within this is, is other things like love and laughter. and laughter is just it's just one of my favorite ones because it's just and I'm not even good at it um, I'm better you know love but I, I'm, I'm not funny I'm not you know I Jacob Graham got to see uh, one of my friends who is probably the best at this Todd um, and uh, Todd married a, a friend of mine but he is, he is just, you just hang out with him. He's just like a big teddy bear. You just love him instantly. He's like laughing constantly. He's making jokes. There's something about love and laughter that we say softens hard hearts. Love and laughter softens hard hearts. And there's something powerful about that. Um, uh, another, another area, uh, there's one more, uh, oh, uh, there's, we don't even know if we've had an exact term for this, but shared space. Shared space, you could also call this a living room. Um, when I got into KAI Alpha, I partially got into KAI Alpha because <clears throat> when I got into KAI Alpha, they had this thing but they were just, there was a couple students, there was this one student who every Friday night, people from KAI Alpha were just going to her house to hang out. And we didn't even know what we were gonna do. It didn't even matter. We just knew Friday night at this time, if you wanted to come, they're gonna be there. And there was something about that living room. There's something powerful about the living room in the family. It's just where you just are, not where you do. And just that there's something powerful about that. And trying to create that is, is so important. You know, you might have to schedule yes. it and it can be you know, scheduled. But you know, sometimes if you guys can live literally live <laughs> with other people in the leadership or in the outpost next year, that helps, because you just kind of create this. I think you know, a lot of my resource guys are living together this year, and they're just kind of like, I can just stop by, and they're pretty much, you know, at Zach's house right now, they're pretty much sure somebody's doing something at some point, and you just plop down and be like, hey, what's going on? Right? There's something powerful about that, because you're inviting people into something, and if it's always doing, there is something that you lose, because it's when you're being that sometimes the power. So, And then the other thing, some of the more structured things, like the weekly meeting or one-on-ones. Okay, last thing, and then we're going to wrap up because I am out of time. Um, okay, you understand broadly, loosely, so I'm going to have to listen to that audio again, Nate, I'm not sure. But, but basically, there is big picture what small group is. It's not, it's your life, and we're trying to help you. But I want to show you, I don't have time, so actually I'm going to do it this way, see if this works. Um, why Why do we do it this way? Why do we think this way is the best way? Why do we think this is why you, all you guys should be so excited to be part of the outpost, because this is how we do it, and you want to be part of this. Why do we think that? Oh, we can do this backwards. Um, Let's see if this turns on. Uh, uh, Cassie, you want to go ahead and you guys start handing out the cards and we'll kind of do that real quick. Um, Just take the cards and we'll explain that here in just a second. But to wrap up this time, I just want to kind of show this. Maybe it comes up, we'll see. There's this idea of super evangelist versus faithful disciple. Why in the outpost do we not focus the large group as the front door? You know what the front door of our ministry is? It's your life. You are the front door in our ministry. We don't we're not even we try even not to be attractional. We try to be attractive. In a sense, like, large group, we don't want to be boring or dull or stupid or something. But but we're not trying to be attractional with it because we're not trying to draw people in from the the large group service. That's where the family, that's kind of the living room space for us. That's where the family really dives in and thoughts about who God is and how we should live and all that kind of thing. But our goal is your life is the agenda. Why do we think that is the best way? Well, because if you actually start doing the math, and maybe we'll have time to do this or maybe we won't. But um, when it comes to this idea, we always think about the super evangelists, the, the preacher, the mega preacher, you know, Billy Graham just died this last week or so. Um, we think about Billy Graham as like a super evangelist. This is how the world will be preached by the Billy Grahams of our day. But it's interesting, if you actually just even do the math, to take one faithful disciple who replicates himself twice over. And that, and those disciples, you know, we, we say, long-term, we can't really always measure this or should it. But, but discipleship isn't necessarily effective because I can make quote unquote disciples, but because they can then turn around and make disciples. And so you start to see this pan out over time. And you think that's going to work, Zach, or do we yeah, got? Gonna... Yeah. Normally it should just turn right on. Okay, well, here's, here's what I'm going to do I'm going to do this super fast for the sake of all of this. And uh, I'll give you the broad, the broad spectrum idea. Super versus faithful. Super versus faithful. Super evangelist. Let's say, for example, year one, they reach the um, Three hundred and sixty-five thousand. Every day, they're reaching, they're reaching a thousand people a day. Right? That's pretty awesome. That would be sweet, right? Seems to be reaching no time, right? But the faithful disciple. Let's say they got five people. Well, let's say the next year it goes from five to twenty-five. <coughs> In year two, we've got we've doubled as as well. Seven hundred and thirty thousand. Okay. I take the math, you go all the way up, let's say year 10, year 10, super evangelist over here has reached 3,650,000 people, not bad. You know, the faithful disciple only started with five, but if they could replicate themselves in that way, that faithful disciple would have reached 9,765,620 five people, and it goes pretty radical after that. The way that Jesus banks on the world being reached was not by being a super evangelist, even though he shared the gospel with him, he didn't know to listen. but when at the end of the day, the people who transformed the world were a handful of faithful disciples who replicated that into the world, and as we learn to do that likewise, our hope, our dream, our ambition heart's cry is that this campus ultimately My goal, I'm serious, my goal is that we have enough small group leaders that every person on this campus to have a relational connection to someone who has the responsibility to be a faithful disciple. That's our goal. Okay, let's take a break, take five minutes, um, and then we'll get back. You're going to get on the table with the, with the uh, staff person who has your card number. All right, five minutes, we'll get back in. Yeah. 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 all right all right <laughs> we're going to jump back into our last uh 30 minutes here we're going to do a couple of things here and so i want to kind of dive in this second class we're doing is just kind of just a mini class uh the first one is really kind of the meat of of but the second one is kind of a, just a maybe more practical, just tangible like snapshot of, of some thoughts. Um, and the second class here is really, I can't remember what we called this, but basically is basically the outpost structure um, and, and kind of the why behind each of those. So I want to just walk us through for a few minutes here, some of our structure, uh, what what is the goal in here? How do they serve each other, kind of work together? And um, at the end, got a couple announcements. I'm gonna actually get to the point where we can even do a little Q and A. You guys are kind of walking into the idea of leadership in the outpost. Are there questions you guys would like to just kind of dive into? We can do this with a little time here and there throughout LTC. But if you have any questions you'd like answered, I can't promise we'll get to all of them in the time we've got. But if you've got any, feel free to start thinking through that. So um, <clears throat> let's talk through just some of the structures and the outpost. Now I'm gonna do my best job to the best I can to try to delineate and distinguish kind of what each of these things is trying to accomplish. Of course uh, I might be over uh, generalizing a little bit, but but ministry kind of bleeds in and out of structure. But I do want to kind of give us a bigger picture. Small group, when we're talking about the first hour, really everything that we do is about making you helping you reach your potential as a disciple maker. That is really everything that we do. And even our, you know, our large groups and everything is about trying to help you in that agenda. But small group, um, as we defined it last hour, it's you know, a community of people around your life. Your life is the agenda or is the target as your target is Jesus kind of flowing through that. Uh, but a community of people around your life doing life together as their lives pursue Jesus, okay? So, but the weekly meeting, let's talk about the structures. The weekly meeting, that's the thing we all understand if you grew up in church at all or have any history there. We kind of probably have had some kind of small group or Bible study or something like that. To us, what is a weekly, what is a weekly meeting trying to accomplish? And broadly speaking, <coughs> i you could say this. Small group, the weekly meeting is about how. It's about how, okay? How, how. It's not about. No, it's not that this shouldn't be in there. And at times, this should be in there. We we give you guys a lot of freedom as far as what the weekly meeting looks like. The reason is is because your students you connect with are going to be different than everyone else's students that you're around in this room. And so we trust you to have some wisdom in what do your students need. But let me tell you kind of broad picture what we think. Your job is answering the how. Your job isn't to create a Bible study. You know, it, although sometimes it might look like that, you know, because it's like, man, these guys need to, to understand the basics of the gospel, so we're just going to do this together, right? You might, you know, it needs, it, it doesn't um, need to be this big lesson plan where you're just lecturing the whole time. Um, that's what I need to do with LTC, but, you know, for, you know, small group meet weekly meetings, you know, you want what small group weekly meetings should look like, the ultimate ambition of sorts that serves to that last hour, is, is how how do we do this together? How do we do this together? That's the goal. You're trying to bind them together, right? Because your your goal, is to try to bind them to you and to your God. But to you is now to your community too, around you, this group of disciples, people that are learning to follow Jesus as they're learning to walk with you. In this. So, so your goal is small group. If you just have a Bible study every week, and this again, it's not bad. It should have the Bible in it for sure as you're diving into the Word and wrestling with the Word in your own life, in your thought life, just flowing out of that. But the goal is not so they can get more knowledge. The goal is so that they can understand how do we, how do, we do this together? How do we, you know, I've, I just had a date last night. I don't know what I'm doing. How do I have a godly relationship? I've never had a godly relationship, you know? And then, and then it's about, okay, how, how have you guys done this? How have you figured out how to do this? What, you, what mistakes have you made that I can learn from? And then next week, when I have another day, how can I help you as my brother to say, dudes, were you godly last night? Like really, were you, you, know, were you godly? Right, we're, we're helping each other, we're leaning on each other, we're depending on each other. Small group is about, is just the weekly meeting is about getting them together to be intentional with each other because unless we have structure, we so rarely are intentional. We're so just creating structure, to create intentionality. To that idea. That small group is, that weekly meetings about, hey, let's do this together. Let's learn to do this together. And as much as you are binding their hearts and their lives to one another, as they're learning to pursue after your God, that is the goal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll say this too. The weekly meeting is not good. We'll get to this in a second. But weekly meetings are not good at creating community. So give up on that idea. Because so often small group leaders think that it's the thing. If I can just get them to my weekly meeting, they'll love it, it'll be great, they'll be in my community. It won't work. I'll just, you know, I mean, maybe it will, but let me just tell you, that should not be your strategy. Your life, living life, and inviting them into that community, into that life, into that relaxed love relationship, that's that's community creation. The weekly meeting is not good at creating community. The, The weekly meeting is good at taking community and creating intentionality. Good at taking te- community and creating intentionality. If your agenda is, I'm going to get them to this meeting, I mean, how many people think meeting and think, oh, community, yay, yeah. right? No, <laughs> nobody thinks that. Don't think that. Think my life. My life is how I'm going to bind them to my life and to my God. And as I bind them up, this weekly meeting, you know, I don't have a marriage because I have weekly times with my wife, right? We're all like, we're together. That's not what marriage is. So, <laughs> that's it. but you know, so but that is not. That's great. talking about <laughs> my life. Okay, but but that is not the, that is not how our lives are bound to one another. But it, those intentional times we have help create intentionality with each other that slips away if you don't protect that time to be with each other. It does not create connection. But it does help create connectivity within the community that exists. Okay. Um, the one-on-ones, one-on-ones. Uh, one-on-ones can be formal, can be informal. Again, this is really up to where you're at with your guys or gals. You know, one-on-ones, we kind of talk about them this way. Jacob's actually going to do a teaching later this semester on one-on-ones, going a lot deeper into this. But um one-on-ones are they can be formal, they can be informal, I don't care. It's, it's a time, again, how? How can I help you do this? How can we do this? How can we, you know, what do you need from me? Um, and how, you know, 101 ones? actually I'll tell you this, 101s are a great context, not that this should be everybody or everybody, but 101s are great for Spinal study. I'll just kind of fill a little nugget in there. They're great for Spinal study. Because, you know, when you have a small group weekly meeting, you have to work from the lowest common denominator of where everybody's at as far as biblical literacy and all that kind of stuff. And you're, you know, the old, you know, I've heard every sermon under the sun. It's kind of like, I'm bored. But the one that's like, I don't understand what's going on. And the other person is like, what about the Nephilim? I don't understand. You know, it's like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no <laughs> stop. Yeah. Abort. Abort. And, ones allow you to go so much broader or deeper or just depending on where they're at. So 101s is a great context to be like, hey, let's let's do biblical literacy together. Let's, you know, whatever. How can I help you? And maybe that's where the biblical literacy comes. Maybe that's where, like, I can just, like, maybe we just need to be together. Maybe you just need to cry on my shoulder. And that was kind of rough in front of, like, all the other, you know, uh, people that were got uh, a plus last night. But, you know, just, I need, I just need to. You know, there's a certain level of you're teaching them to lean on each other, but it starts with you, so that kind of creates that intentionality. How can I help you by learning to be uh, real with me and then going from there? Okay, um, you know, some people don't even know that they have one-on-ones. It's just like, hey, man, you want to hang out this week? Yeah, let's hang out. You know, that's fine. That's actually probably better than calling it one-on-one. That just doesn't sound relational. But uh, large group. This one's a little bit more like what? If small group uh, is more how, uh, large group is a little bit, at least in our in our way of trying to work through this, is, is kind of like the what. It's like, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it look like to serve him? What does it take to, to fight for him and to seek out holiness and justice in this world and all those kind of things? What <laughs> is it? What is this that we are aspiring to? Now, these are very overgeneralized. But we, in large group, are trying to help you start the conversation that, in your relationships, you can figure out how do we do this. Does that make sense? How can we do what we are talking about doing in the proclamation of the word and the teaching of the word and all that kind of stuff? And you certainly should do this, too. It's not like, okay, I can't do that. No, I mean, go there but if, if we could kind of broadly categorize the progression of, of why, because what we don't want is just to have everything we do, all every structure is doing the exact same thing. We just have more or fewer people in it. You know, it's like that doesn't, you know, nobody needs to hear a lesson on Thursday night and Sunday morning and Sunday night resource and in your one-on-one meeting and then, you know, I mean, nobody's, ain't nobody got time for that, right? But, but, what are, what, how are these things helping each other? And large group, large group is basically working from two paradigms. We're trying to one. We are trying to, to create a sense of community identity, meaning there is something about when we are together that we are the outpost together. And we are not all that is Christ in this campus, but we are a part of that. We are tethered together in a sense of, of community identity. And the large group kind of helps us with that. You know, your small group might be two guys, but like, well, that's cool. But I, um, you know, kind of like to know some other people. You know, the large group gives you that context. Like, here, let me introduce you to like, you know, 50 of my other friends over here, right? Or, you know, that, no, I'm going to go there. But, um, sorry, I have random thoughts in my head. I sometimes have a filter of thinking through that. That's one of thoughts. So, uh, <laughs> now you're all thinking, what is that thing to say? Um, the other thing, the other thing is, is, uh, I, was, I was thinking about talking about uh, finding spouses, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we are very good at segregated, right? But okay, so the other thing is it, it helps us with, with conviction creation. And that's just the idea of what does it take, what does it look like to <laughs> live and <in> follow? <power? laughs> so those are the two ambitions of large group, is conviction creation through the proclamation of the word and community identity. That is just more powerful. There's something powerful about when the proclamation is really powerful about when you go to the CSU football game um, and sit there, even if we're doing horrible, just the energy of the community. There's this you get pulled into the energy, and the excitement, and the and the passion, and the direction of let us as CSU crush yeah. you, crush you. Yeah, I like that. Let's go. I didn't think about that. Okay, so that's that's large. Broadly, large group. Those are what we're trying to do. What is Christian? What is our faith in the proclamation of the word? You're in your life trying to help them learn out. How do I now live out what the convictions are being that are being created in my life? Those are broadly things. Okay, resource group. Um, uh, we'll get more into that later. But resource group is is sort of like small group for small group leaders. It's kind of it because small group is is largely focused on my relationship with Jesus, you helping them out my relationship with Jesus and with brotherhood sister, like this 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 relationship with this community and with my God. resource group kind of takes that but it adds responsibility it adds the army into the work, into the conversation and so that third value. and a resource group every resource group you know I kind of let them have a lot of dexterity on exactly where what their focus is but as i see it basically the weekly meeting is largely Um, watching film and marching orders for kind of the next week. It's kind of like, hey, what worked well in the past or what worked, you know, if you ever played sports, I played football, you always at the end of the week kind of watch the game film. Like, okay, that really sucked. Okay, that was awesome. Okay, I need to try to work on that a little bit. So it's a little bit like that corporate time, like let's resource each other, your resource leader pouring into you. But it's kind of watching game film and thinking through the next week. Okay, what are we going to (laughs) do to really advance of God this week in our small group and our small group guides or gals or things like that. So it's just kind of a time to resource that. Of course, you're going to have one-on-ones with your resource leader. Hey, let me tell you, there's this principle uh, that, that people will treat you the way you treat your leaders. So treat your leaders well. Don't make them pursue you uh, and avoid them and deprioritize them. Prioritize them, and it's amazing how the Lord kind of blesses that in those kingdom laws in the way that people would begin to, not always, it's not like a formula, but as you learn to prioritize your leaders, people that you're trying to lead, pick up on that. They're easier to lead. Okay. Um, we also have what's called cohorts uh, for you guys, and a cohort is uh, with is sort of a cell within the resource group, and we do this for a couple of reasons, but but basically when when we get to like doing responsibility, it's hard to go out there and try to meet people with five or 10 of your friends and resource group together. Like, you know, all 10 of you walk up to the one person. Like in, you know, the LSC, they're all like, going on? <laughs> This is not, it doesn't work, right? Or, you know, like it's Tuesday night and you just met this guy and you're really trying to like do something. You need to make a memory, right? You want to lock that and you want to make a memory. So it's like, hey, let's play poker tonight. And I I got, like, two guys, so I need, like, more. Well, if you call it the whole resource group, it just might be overwhelming. But if you got, like, two others, maybe one of them's free that night, and maybe you guys can do something together. So there's a little bit smaller cell of able to be a little more spontaneous, be able to do uh, responsibility a little bit easier that way. Uh, You might even have, like, uh, cohort meetings instead of, like, one-on-ones sometimes because it's – but that cohort meeting is still, like, hey, let's learn how – what is our walk of the Lord like? How are we doing it? that, but you need to learn in leadership, you need to start learning how to lean on your, in your on your siblings in Christ as much as in your leaders, because you might not always have your leaders, you always have peers, and so learning to kind of lean on them as you're doing that, so you'll have that, you'll still have one-on-one time probably with your leader, that's that's typically kind of whatever you need, all of those structures typically work within the context of relationship, building brotherhood, community, you know, my, my resource meetings are, are ridiculous sometimes, just how you know, i got Austin Mancy in there. He'll tackle somebody, and a bunch of guys are like, actually, I wish I could tell you half the stuff that happens with my resource, but it's sort of like what happens in resource, to the resource It's just just stay there, right? It's just, but it's fun. We're just having fun. We're just being, and sorry, girls, we're just being dudes, and, and you don't want to know because it's just, it's just, guys having fun. And, and so we're, you know, we're, we want to be brothers. We want that love and laughter that's so valuable in binding our hearts and softening our hearts. But um, broadly, there's three things that you are going to be asked to do as a small group leader. You need to find, you need to fight, you need to feed. You need to find people, you need to fight for them, because just because you found somebody and got their number doesn't mean that you know your lives are bound together. You're gonna have to fight for them, you have to pursue them, you have to, you know, just you have to fight for them. And we'll get to some of those principles later when we get to outreach and stuff. But um, pursue intensity, you know, you all know, this kind of thing. So but you need to feed them. You know, also now I've got this this baby, you know, Ben Stone knows what I was talking about last year. But um, but we have things that kind of work within each of those. For finding. You know, we do a lot of stuff. Like the beginning of the school year, we're going to be doing outreach on the campus. We we want you there. You can all be there. Be there for Welcome Week because we are just out there finding people. You know, all the freshmen are in there looking like, they're the headlines? Like, I don't know what's going on. I need friends. Right? You're, you're, you know, we're totally okay. Pick off the weak link out of the herd. Right? Just, just, just find that person that, just find that person that needs you. Right. And that's, and that's what I mean. I don't mean to be harsh about that or crass about that. I just mean there are people that are out there struggling, staggering in, in the campus, looking for friendship, looking for community, and they need you. So find those people. Um, we do like on-campus presence every week and or not every week, but we do on campus presence quite a bit. And that's like, get out there, try to find people. Try to share that love of Christ that's in your life with your campus. Um, you know, of course, that whole thing of doing life, um, being kind of a social coordinator at times, uh, having activities and making memories uh, is are things that kind of fill that fight, invite them into something, in, into that community, and fight for that. Be intentional, we'll get into all that, but just pursue them intensely. Like just, you know, you sometimes you're gonna know, love people. God will give you a heart for somebody. You're gonna love them sometimes more than they love themselves. Uh, you're just going, I don't know why. This is it's hard for you, and and, and you're gonna to fight for them. Because Jesus fought for us, right? He came to us where we wouldn't go to him. And we need to go to them because they aren't coming to us. And so we're gonna have to fight and learn how to fight well. That's that's the army. That's what we're called to do: the fight and the fight hard, fight for a kingdom. Conviction and a transformation in their lives. Fight and fight well, because eternity is on the balance, and it's a lo- it's a fight worth fighting for. We don't fight them, but we do fight for them, and that is where we learn how to fight. Um, but then you know, feed, of course, and, and most of our structure is large groups, small group, weekly meetings, and one on ones. Those are a lot about feeding. There's a lot our structure is about the feed. But your our strategy. Them in your strategy in your life to get them is to fight for them well with the deep condition. Okay. Um uh, ta, 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 ta. Okay. I think we're gonna stop there. Does that make sense? Yeah. If we have any questions, we're just gonna spend just a couple minutes. And if we don't have any questions, great. We can we can move on. But I, I'm just open to this. this. We'll see if this is worth doing or not. But. Does anybody have any questions that they are bold enough or curious enough to just kind of ask about the outpost? And if it's something that we'll get to later in the semester, we may just kinda of move on. But if there's if there's anything I can answer briefly or any of the staff can can respond to, um, i would love to yeah. What does LTC stand for? Leadership training <laughs> class. <laughs> Good. Yes. 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 LTC, LTC in the LSC. <laughs> in the, yes. All right. Yes. And uh, just, yeah, a couple of announcements, two things too. I know a lot of our guys aren't here this week and I'm assuming because the spring break coming, there's a lot of tests happening this week and stuff. Um, but just remember, you can only miss three. If you missed one, I'm going to be sending out an email this week with the link to the podcast. Zach is helping us with that. We're going to have a podcast and you can just listen to it on that for LTC. Um, and so you just, you just need to listen to that. And send me a paragraph. Uh, for each class uh so the, the two hours you need to at least two paragraphs something crazy but you need to listen to it it's a lot easier to be here and to get to you know, interact with all your friends but if you want to sit in the library for two hours and listen to the audio uh, you can't you can miss up the three but um but we will send you that link there we will be doing uh, ltc the sunday before school starts so of course we won't have it this next sunday Nobody would be there, right? Anyways, all you guys are going off gallivanting around uh, the country. But, but on Sunday, the night before school starts, we will pick this back up. And we will be back in here um, that Sunday. So just remember that. Um, okay, any questions? Any other questions? Yeah? My last name becomes Stone.
1: What? <laughs> when did my last
0: name become stone? <laughs> I <laughs> have no idea. It's glass, not stone. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other people have been doing I that lately, too. Yeah. yeah, I've done it. Yeah, Trust me. you did it. Glass. It's an honor. It's an honor thing. Trust <laughs> it's me. It's. Alright, uh, take it. <laughs> I'm so yeah, Ben Glass. Sorry, I said that such on a fly as I yeah, opened my Ben Stone. 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 What? <laughs> what? All right. Any other questions? Hmm. You guys good? Yeah. Cool. You know, we're here to to help. So, as as questions or thoughts or comments or you know whatever come up, feel free to always talk to us. If we want to. Process. The more you ask the question why, the more we can help you work through convictions in leadership and in your faith. So um, feel free to always do that. Now, are we doing something after this? Yes, we are. Post post. Post post. <laughs> what is our post post, post activity? Right. PC, post class. i do not know. How are, like, how are you going to do it? Are you? I'm chill with whatever. I don't care. (laughs) You guys decide. This is interns. This is your. This is your call. Just tell them. And I know a lot of you guys. We know that you guys. Some of you guys just need to get home. Need to get out of here, and that's totally okay. Feel free to just just peace out here in a minute. But if one of the things, one of our values is is brotherhood, sisterhood. So we just wanted to give context. Uh, for you guys to get to know each other, and get to know people that are kind of like the staff or, or students that you're looking to do this way. So. Um, All right, so if you want to play Ninja or the wall game, or if you don't know what that is, then you definitely want to play. Definitely wanna play because, yeah.